0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: That's for my crazy day. My pack commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs>
0: Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash getmore.
2: You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast.
0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network, episode number 288 on the program. This episode brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at MyBookie.ag. Our guest today from Packerland, his name is Peter Bukowski, the host of Locked On Packers. He works for SB Nation and FanReg Sports. And he is the new host of Locked On Packers, replacing Bill Huber. It's good to have you on board, Peter. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Peter had Paul Allen, the Vikings play-by-play announcer, on his show yesterday. I listened to it. It was a great interview. I would definitely recommend going and listening to that. PA is always easy on the ears, and he sheds a lot of light on his past, talking about Brett Favre, talking about calls of his past, and also talking plenty about the current state of the Minnesota Vikings. But let's talk about the current state of the Green Bay Packers, Peter, the team that you cover on a daily basis. They are 4-1. They're coming off a rousing win against Dallas. People are calling it the game of the year. A 35-31 comeback for Aaron Rodgers. And a lot of Vikings fans are envious right now. They're jealous. They're, they're saying, gosh, you know, I, I really wish we had what Green Bay has. And, and Vikings fans have to hate it inside, but they they understand how great Aaron Rodgers is and how commonplace he has made the comeback it's kind of a walk in the park isn't it he, he does this so often that are you even surprised anymore when you see something like that
1: i wish you could see the smile on my face right now it, it's just one of those things like and, and not not just from a vikings perspective but i as someone who who gets to, to follow the team every day and follow it closely i i try and keep perspective on on what it's like to to cover a guy like Aaron Rodgers, um, but I, I think it's hard. And I got a text from a a, band, a Bears fan friend of mine after Dak Prescott ran the ball in. There's a minute 13 left in the game, and it, the, the the text was basically Dallas is screwed. We've yeah. seen this move. We've seen this movie too many times.
2: Yesterday, Mike Zimmer's talking to the media and. You know, he got asked about that particular drive, and he says they shouldn't let him take the ball. He's too good at it. He he basically indicted Dallas by saying they left too much time. Kind of a sly one-liner, but that's kind of the raging debate. You know, should Dallas have intentionally worn more time off the clock and stayed out of the end zone another couple plays? And I know that's that's tough to do, but when it's Aaron Rodgers on the other side, you almost have to throw kind of the protocol out the door and do something different so he doesn't get the ball back. Uh, the Vikings have certainly been on the wrong end of Aaron Rodgers many times. And I wrote a story today, actually, about how he's dominated division opponents. He's 15-4 and against the Bears, 13-3 and against the Lions, 12-6 and against the Vikings. That's got to be a big reason why the Green Bay has been so dominant in the NFC North over the past eight years. They've been in the playoffs eight consecutive years in large part because all they do is dominate the division opponents.
1: Yeah, and that, that's that been Mike McCarthy's calling card going back to pre-Aaron Rodgers even. Uh, I think only Bill Belichick has a better division record over the last 12 years. Um, the Packers under Mike McCarthy uh, have just been outstanding in the division, and part of the reason is Aaron Rodgers has been the best quarterback. Before that, it was Brett Favre, and there really hasn't been anyone even close to that level of play, And and sometimes the game really is as simple as the best player on the field is Aaron Rodgers, and so he's going to win most of his games. Uh, but I think, you know, I, I, was, I was shocked to learn that there were a lot of Cowboys fans, including Jerry Jones, who were, were armchair quarterbacking and saying after Monday morning quarterbacking after the game and saying, well, Dak should have gone down on the one. And it's like, okay, I understand that perspective. But at the same time, you still have to score. You still have to get it in from the one yard line. And I understand they have the, you know, they have Zeke Elliott and they have that incredible offensive line, but there's no guarantee. And on the next play, the Packers probably let them score. So you have to balance between leaving too much time and trying to score. I remember in Atlanta uh, in the regular season last year, Green Bay had, I think they had less than a minute. I mean, under 50 seconds to try and tie the game and couldn't do it. It's like guys. I understand that he's Superman and does things that, that just, like, blow our minds. But he is not, he is not actually Thor. Like, the, he can only do so much.
2: Answer me this. Is Jordy Nelson, head and shoulders, still the best wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers? Or is Devontae Adams gaining on him?
1: I think there's no question that Devontae Adams is gaining on him just because physically Jordy is not where he used to be. At the same time, he is still so crafty. He is still so in tune. I mean, I'm not sure we've ever seen a quarterback and a receiver in tune and on the same page at all times the way that Jordy Nelson and Aaron Rodgers are. Rodgers is still going to look for him on third down. And and you don't have to be 100%. Your prime physical specimen self, Jordy Nelson, people I think, he because he's a white ride, wide receiver in a lot of ways. He got the. He's a sneaky good athlete, even though he was a track star in high school and has always been a deep threat and and a fast receiver. It's he's not that anymore. But when you can throw fade stops the way that Aaron Rodgers can, and when you can when you can control your body on the boundary to make fingertip catches and and those toe tap toe drag swag Nate Burleson calls them catches. Uh, it's still hard to defend um, Paul Allen on, on the show earlier in the week told me that, that Xavier Rhodes who has covered Julio Jones and as Brian and AJ green ha- has said that Jordy Nelson is the toughest receiver in the game to cover in part because so many of the second reaction plays are where he makes his bread and butter. I mean, he's, he already has a pair of touchdowns this year that were off second reaction plays where Rogers mm-hmm. breaks the pocket and Jordy just, he knows where to get to. Rogers knows where he's going to be, and Rogers will throw it before he's even gone there, before Jordy even knows where he's going. Rogers knows where he's going, and, and sort of vice versa, and that's what makes them so impossible to cover. It's not just covering the base route; it's covering the route, and then the three or four seconds after the after Rogers hits the top of his drop, where he breaks contain and now defenders are scrambling, and it's, it's essentially impossible to cover.
2: Fans could be treated to some wonderful receiver play on Sunday between Diggs and Thielen, assuming that Diggs is healthy enough to play, and Adams and Nelson. That could be an aerial circus at U.S. Bank Stadium. Let's talk about the run game, though, for a second looks like Ty Montgomery was a full participant yesterday with that rib issue. Do you anticipate Montgomery coming back and taking the lion's share of the carries or does Aaron Jones continue to get the knot?
1: At some point, I expect Ty Montgomery to come back and take the lion's share of the carries. I don't expect him to do that this week. I think it's a little misleading to say he was a full participant and, and not that you are misleading, but that it is, it is misleading that he he was a full participant because most of these practices are not padded, so he's not taking contact. So yeah, he practiced, but the the issue with the ribs is taking contact. And he has to determine if he is comfortable taking that content or that contact, because with ribs, you can risk internal injury with cracked ribs because if they break, if they fracture, you can you can do serious internal damage. And Ty Montgomery is a really smart guy and he understands the risks. He wants to play and that's, that's, you know, that's good on him for wanting to be on the field, but I don't think he's going to risk his body long-term if that's going to be an issue. Here's the thing. Green Bay doesn't need him. Aaron Jones ran all over the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday and looked like the best running back, pure running back on this team. Ty Montgomery provides an extra element with the way that he can be split out in the passing game. Um, he's, he's a more explosive, big play threat, I think, than Aaron Jones, but just as a pure runner with instincts and, and nuance in his game from the jump cuts to being able to get skinny in the hole, to, to seeing, to seeing things before they develop, Aaron Jones is a, is a more polished running back. And so I think, Eventually, what you'll see is a sort of timeshare in the backfield, and you could see that as soon as, as soon as Sunday. But I don't think what will happen is Ty Montgomery, when he gets back, is suddenly going to be a 20-carry-a-game guy. That was never going to be Ty Montgomery anyway. They want to get him 12 to 15 carries, four or five catches. I think they could treat them, if you get 10 touches each, that's a good day for Green Bay.
2: Quick pause to give you some important information about mybookie.ag. A straw poll of the Locked On Podcast Network reveals that our hosts are very fond of Tampa Bay minus two at Arizona and the New York Jets plus nine and a half against the New England Patriots. Both very good picks. As far as tonight's game, I would go Eagles plus three, but ultimately it's not who you're betting on. It's where you're betting. And my bookie has been in this business for so many years with a rock-solid rep, that they really are the place to be betting. They do 100% cash bonuses, so you make money right off the bat. They have payouts in two business days, which is outstanding. So when you know who's going to win, lay down the cash at MyBookie and win big today. They feature in-game, live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 100% bonus, Use the promo code locked on to activate the offer. Mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid.
0: the list.
2: On the Green Bay defensive side, give me a strength and a weakness that the Vikings should be aware of. I mean, I know that the Green Bay defense hasn't been particularly strong in large part because of injury in the past couple of years. They lost so many players last year, and I think it caught up, up to them in the NFC Championship game. They've had some nice performances this year defensively and against Dallas. Uh, You know, Dallas is a really, really good offensive club, so it's hard to really fault Green Bay too much for giving up 31. But where are they strongest? Where are they weakest?
1: Well, as we stand here today, um, neither of their starting corners are 100% healthy. So Kevin King is out with a a concussion. We don't know if he's going to be available for Sunday. Um, And Devon House, who was limited last week, and then had cramps issues against the Cowboys, has also been a limited participant so far this week in practice. So that's that's a concern, especially when you're going up against receivers the caliber of Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. And each of them, last year in, in the first game it was Stephon Diggs, in the second game it was Thielen, absolutely tore Green Bay apart. And if they don't have their full complement of corners, if Quentin Rollins has to play, if Vikings fans see number 24 in white on the field, Expect the ball to come to him because, and, and anyone who's listened to my show will know that I've been on this for weeks. Quinton Rollins is not an NFL cornerback. He's not fast enough. He's not athletic enough. He is, he is a great kid. He's got good instincts. He is a solid open field tackler, and he's, he can be effective near the line of scrimmage. He can't cover well enough. To be an every down or even a sub package corner in the league. And, and that's how I feel. And, and until he proves me otherwise, that's how I'm going to continue to feel Demarius Randall was the guy that Stefan Diggs got last year. Um, and he, he was not healthy for the, the second Vikings game. He, um, is supremely talented. Ha ha Clinton Dix called him the most talented corner on the team, the most talented defensive back on the team. And that's on a team with, with a lot of pedigree, but um, that, that would be where I would be most concerned. Now, if they're healthy, if Kevin King comes back from the concussion protocol, if Devon House is going to play in this game, um, then I think, I think the pass rushes' inconsistencies is, is also a cause for concern. But they're getting healthier. Mike Daniels is going to be closer to 100%. Um, Ahmad Brooks and Nick Perry have played really well. Nick Perry is getting healthier. And Clay Matthews. Um, Vikings fans may not know this, but he has been, the sack numbers aren't there what they used to be for him, but he has been all over the field for Green Bay. He has been an incredible run defender. The pro football focus grades reflect just how good he's been. He's been outstanding. And and last week he played, Green Bay played a little bit of 4-3 with Clay Matthews as an off-ball linebacker. And he he can be a run-and-chase linebacker for this team. He can be effective doing that. And I bet we see it on Sunday against Minnesota.
2: Three things off of what you said. Number one, the way you described Quentin Rollins may as well have been a description of Trey Waynes. Number two, Mike Daniels is really, really good. He impressed me a ton when they played the Vikings last year. Vikings fans probably hoping he doesn't play. And third, you mentioned pro football focus. Our listeners can win a subscription to Pro Football Focus, $39.99 value. Get a PFF Edge subscription. All you have to do is leave a review on iTunes, on Lockdown Vikings, or Lockdown Packers. Leave your Twitter handle in the review. Have a chance to win that package. And check out the stats, the signature stats that we use so often in our reporting What is the perception right now of Minnesota, Peter? This is at Peter underscore Bukowski on Twitter. Do Packer fans view this as a legitimate threat, or do they view this game with any hesitancy You know, going on the road? Granted, they're going up against a backup quarterback. Do the Vikings intimidate the Packers at all going into this matchup?
1: I don't know if any team intimidates the Packers, except maybe the Falcons at this point, just because of what that offense has been able to do. But I do think if Packer fans are honest, this is the team every year that they want to beat the most on the schedule and part of it is the border battle and part of it is that just about every Packers fan has a Vikings fan in their life that they're they're at least mildly annoyed with when the Vikings win and, and I'm sure I'm sure Vikings fans have that Packer fan in their life in the same way um, but so uh, this defense should be should be concerning for green Bay. And I know that I talked about it with Paul and I talked about it with, with Kevin Seifert from ESPN on my show today, shameless plug about why the, the advanced metrics, the football outsider numbers aren't as kind to Minnesota this year as they were in years past. I think they're, they're actually a below average defense according to football outsiders. And the eye test just doesn't show that. And when you look at Danielle Hunter and Everson Griffin and Brian Robeson and the way they can get after the quarterback, Linval Joseph, and then the corners, Xavier Rhodes, Harrison Smith at safety, Anthony Barr at linebacker, Kendricks. There's so many, there's, if you were going to put together a defense to slow down uh, the Packers offense, of, it would be corners that can play press man. It would be a, a pass rush that can get after you with four and linebackers that are athletic enough to contain Aaron Rodgers. And that is what Minnesota has. So, if if that is the case, and we saw last year, late in the year, when the Vikings didn't have anything to play for at Lambeau, it didn't, and Rodgers torched them, and they were on an all-time heater at that point. That was during the run-the-table stretch. But early in the year, the game at U.S. Bank, this defense held Rodgers to two twelve through the air, one touchdown, one interception, the game-clinching interception by your boy Trey Wayne, And he got out-dueled by Sam Bradford because the defense was locked down. And if you're going to be afraid of of the Vikings for any reason, I think that's it. It's not going to be Case Keenum or Sam Bradford or even Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen as good as they are. Um, it's going to be because this defense can can put together the kind of game that has given Green Bay problems in the past. If it's going to be a 41-34 game or or 38-41, Packer fans are not going to be afraid of a game like that. But if it's going to be 17-14. That's the game that that has Packer fans concerned.
2: Yeah, I did a study of the recent Vikings-Packers games in in my article today, and basically the Vikings have played one good game and one bad game every year under Mike Zimmer against the Packers. 2014, they threw Christian Ponder out on a Thursday night in Green Bay. It was a disaster. Then they played him really close at TCF Bank Stadium, a three-point loss. The next year, they beat them in the season finale 2013 lost to them 30-13 at home that year. And then last year, of course, the game you mentioned at U.S. Bank Stadium, and then the game late in the season where the defensive backs went rogue. It's usually feast or famine for, for the Vikings, and, and even Zimmer, a defensive mastermind, is only about 50% for slowing down Aaron Rodgers, and it seems like the key for the Vikings has got to be an early lead. When the Vikings had leads in their two victories the last couple of years, they were able to blitz a lot more in the second half and be bolder with their defensive calls. And, you know, they they brought six guys on that game-sealing interception that Rodgers threw to Waynes last year. You know, back in 2015, they brought pressure and they forced a strip sack, fumble recovery, return for a touchdown at Lambeau Field. So good things happen when the Vikings have the courage and the flexibility to blitz with a lead. And that's when they can really be ferocious defensively. The key will be for them to cover early, give the offense a chance to, to stay on the field and, and get a lead for this team. Getting ahead early is for me the biggest key for Minnesota. Uh, would you analyze that kind of in the same way?
1: Well, I think I think if you if you flip it around, the key is going to be not letting Green Bay score early. Mm-hmm. Four straight games, Green Bay has scored a touchdown on their opening drive, and they're they're three and one in those games. Now, part of the part of the reason was in Atlanta, they were playing with you and me starting at offensive tackle and that's just untenable. Uh, we're not professional football players. And that's who they, that's who they had to throw out there. Um, but when green Bay starts fast, that is, that is what gets this offense going and it energizes the defense. This is a team that, that feeds off that kind of momentum and Rogers, obviously when he gets in rhythm, I, there is no stopping him. I, you know, I don't care if you have all of the guys that I just mentioned, Um, that's the struggle. And so Minnesota cannot get into a shootout with the Packers. They just can't because they have the offensive firepower to do it. And so I think if you're, if you're looking at keys, it's not just Minnesota getting a lead. It's preventing green Bay from getting a lead because if they go up seven, nothing, you can live. But if it's all of a sudden, if it's 14, three, then you're, then you're in serious trouble. And obviously that's true against any team but even more for Green Bay because Minnesota just can't score enough. This game has to be within a touchdown, essentially the entire game, or I think Minnesota is going to struggle.
2: Yeah, I think I would agree with that assessment as well. We're talking with at Peter underscore Bukowski on Twitter, the Locked On Packers host. Last question, and it's very important. In your Twitter bio, it says, quote, the president once butt-dialed me. (laughs) Is there an origin to the story? Is this fake news?
1: No no, this is a this is a real story. Tell
2: us about this so i
1: was I was at um i was I was covering golf for Sports Illustrated at the time, and I was doing a story on um, Trump's golf courses. this is this is when he is in the in the primary still, the Republican primary, and I, I remember it vividly because his one of his managers called and said, you know we're not going to be able to you know I think we can get him on the phone for this story, but it's going to have to be after the uh I think it was the South Carolina or New Hampshire primary because he, you know he's campaigning right now and we probably can't get him for you until next week. So I go I go eat lunch and I'm eating my lunch and I get a call from a blocked number and I'm mid chip and I, I on the other end of the phone I'm 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 nervous and it's Donald Trump. And I have to sort of you know get the food out of my mouth and, and conduct this interview. And after it was over Hang up, and I get a call, immediate callback from a blocked number. I, I say hello, and I, on the other end, I hear, "How was that? Was that okay?" Sort of quietly, and I respond, "You know, Mr. Trump, it was, it was good for me. If it was good for you." And then I hear, I hear rustling, muffled, muffled words, and then a click, and it comes on me that. He put the phone in his pocket, asked his PR people how the interview went, and when he, and had dialed me by mistake.
2: <laughs> that's unbelievable. Yeah. I and then go- he became the president. <laughs> so did that make it into the final story? That That's my question.
1: Uh, it, you know, it wasn't that kind of story. It was, <laughs> it was an investigative piece, but um, it made it into my Twitter bio, which matters. And now I get to forever say that the, uh, the president of the United States butt-dialed me.
2: That is pretty outstanding. Uh, great way to end the show. Peter Bukowski, Locked On Packers. Do you care to give us a prediction or do you like to save your predictions for your own show? I would understand if you do.
1: No, I, I, you know, I can give you a prediction. I think I, I have said all week that, that Green Bay being three and a half point favorites on the road in a division game against a team that I think is, is good is is makes me nervous, but I think, this is a, I think this is a 24-17 game, and I think the
2: Packers win. All right, you're on record. I think that's uh, probably a realistic point total for the game. I'm not going to give away my prediction. I'm going to save that for tomorrow's show with Sage Rosenfels, but we appreciate your contributions. Peter, we'll push people your way uh, throughout the season. Welcome to the Locked On Podcast Network, and uh, it sounds like you're doing a really good job over there at Locked On Packers. So thanks for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me. It's been a, it's been a blast to be a part of the Locked On family, and uh, everyone's been great. So, this is a, an exciting
2: time. This episode presented by MyBookie.ag. Get into all the action at MyBookie.ag. They'll match your initial deposit up to one hundred percent. Use the promo code Locked On.
0: list.
2: Hey, On Minnesota listeners. This is Tony Abbott here to tell you about the brand new On Wild podcast, where my co-host Joe Booley and I break down the Minnesota Wild every single day. How can you listen? Just search for On Wild in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to bring On Wild to your device every day.